Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Tuesday, August 9th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, the other shoe dropped in uh, the Framil Reyes saga. His time with the Guardians is officially closed. Uh, the Cubs claimed him on waivers on Monday, and they will be responsible for about $1.5 million of his remaining salary. And uh, he's he's got a chance to at least go there and, and uh, you know, do something maybe on the Major League roster for the rest of the season. The the Cubs had a need there in terms of, uh, you know, a power hitting bat. Uh, and, you know, maybe a change of scenery gets uh, gets Fran Mill to, to where he was two, three seasons ago. Yeah, definitely, uh, Joe. I think, uh, you know, Wrigley is uh, if the wind's blowing out, that's a that's a great ballpark for Fran Mill. Uh, you know, uh, progressive field was kind of a neutral park, you know, pitchers, hitters kind of broke even on it, but, uh, Wrigley's got a favor, I would think with, you know, the conditions that that's got to be a hitter friendly ballpark. So, you know, maybe he can get going, uh, just, uh, you know, just kind of a sad ending to, uh, really, you know, you thought when you, when the Indians, I mean, when the Guardians obtained him, you thought that, hey, this is a guy that's going to be hitting in the middle of the lineup for the next four, five, six, seven years, and he's really got a chance to do some damage. Yeah, uh, it, it, the on, on the surface, thirty home runs, hundred RBIs are are what are the numbers that you would project for a guy like that uh, on a regular basis, and uh, it was also that. Early on in his his career, he would hit the ball up the alley in the right center field. He would hit the ball to the right side. He'd take his single if he was you know behind in the count, and that just that just didn't happen this year. And uh, the, just a lot of inconsistencies, I guess, are, are are what led to his being released. Uh, I know it has to be more than just the strikeouts because you expect strikeouts from a guy like that. Yeah, you know, Francona said, you know, you live with the swing and miss with guys like that, the, you know, big guys that, you know, hit home runs and and produce runs. Um, but, uh, he, he, you know, with Fran Mill, he just, you know, according to uh, Francona and anyone who watched him, you know, he, you know, he, he was, you know, he just couldn't get to the fastball, um, you know, the breaking ball, he, you know, he, when he did hit it, it was, you know, kind of a weak contact. 
He just wasn't dry. He stopped driving the baseball. And to me, he looked like uh, he was caught in between. He didn't know who he was anymore. He kind of lost his identity as a power hitter. And, you know, when he came back after the DL, the IL stint, he looked like, okay, I'm going to try to make contact now. And, you know, the Guardians have plenty of guys who are making contact. They need a guy that can hit the ball out of the park. Yeah, and and do it on a consistent basis as opposed to, you know, four strikeouts in a game, uh, which is what they were getting out of out of Reyes. And occasionally, you know, he would, uh, you know, even even just swinging for contact, he's going to drive a ball out of the park just because of who he is and and how he's built. So, you know, there there were a couple of home runs there after he came back, but it's just not the same. Like you said, Tito said that he wasn't getting to the fastball and that by cheating out on the fastball, it left him vulnerable to the breaking pitches and the off-speed stuff. So uh, that's really what sort of did him in uh, this season. Uh, you know, they the, the conspiracy theorists out there, the you know, following it on Twitter, uh, they'll say, oh, you know, he was never really uh, injured in the first place when they sent him down with the hamstring earlier in the year. That was just sort of send a send a message to 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 you know tell him to get in shape and 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 work harder and and you know maybe Francona didn't see that coming back uh, you know I don't know if that's the case I don't know if uh, the the injured list stint was legitimate I I think the the Guardians wouldn't mess around with that sort of thing uh, you know in terms of uh, the league and getting in trouble that way but uh, you know maybe there's something there maybe there's something to the fact that you know, throughout this entire season, coming out of the lockout, coming out of, you know, the the, the long, weird offseason that, you know, maybe they weren't happy with the way that uh, Framil put in the work. Yeah, I think that's a good point, Joe. Um, you know, obviously they were they were unhappy. Uh, you know, uh, he uh, <laughs> I think he came to I don't think he was in top con- condition as he was, you know, what, in uh, 2020, he was in great shape when he came to camp. And then, you know, you had uh, the the pandemic shut things down and, you know, we had a 60 game season and we didn't, we never saw that same guy, you know, in, in, in spring training that year in 2020, he had like five home runs, you know, in the first like three weeks of camp. And you, you're sitting there thinking, well, this is, this is the guy, this is, you know, but after the pandemic, and then after the lockout, we just didn't see that guy. Yeah, and, and, you know, he pretty much told us straight up that he didn't pick up a bat or, you know, face any live pitching or do any real baseball activities while he was down in the D- Dominican Republic during the lockout. So, you know, he had admitted as much. I'm sure he admitted it to the to the Guardians uh, when, when they talked to him. So, uh, you know, not, not everybody uh, sort of bought into this whole philosophy of, you know, contact and no, no strikeouts and, uh, you know, Chris Vileka's sort of, uh, you know, coaching or whatever. I, not saying that he couldn't reach uh, Reyes, but uh, it seems like every other kid, every other rookie on this team, even the veterans ha- have taken some of the lessons that the, the new hitting coach this year, Chris Vileka, has, has brought with him. And, uh, and and Reyes just nothing really ever clicked. Yeah, I, you know, I, I think, um, you know, I think if he, you know, this is a wake up call. You know, if, if Fran Mill doesn't realize it, you know, the shame on him, you know, now, you know, he's what, 27, 26, 27 years old, still got, you know, really has a lot of talent 
And I, you know, if he, you know, kind of keeps his nose to the grindstone and does what he should do, you know, these last two months and, you know, puts in a good winter of work, you know, I think, I think the Cubs probably found something here and, you know, you, you, the, the guardians, you know, I think they kind of reached, reached the end here. They've got a lot of young kids coming up. They made the decision, you know, look, we know there's something still in the tank there, but we don't know if we can get it out. So, and, and like you said, a change of scenery, you know, the old line, maybe, maybe it's a wake up call. Maybe he, he has to go back to the national league. Who knows? Yeah. There's uh what do you think that the Cubs can, can do or plan to do with him? I mean, he's arbitration eligible, I guess what the next, uh, the next two seasons. So, yeah. so they have control over him if they want him in their lineup. If, if he produces over these last two months, or if he comes to camp, you know, next year and, and makes the club, uh, he's, he's eligible over the next, uh, you know, two years. He's under team control there in Chicago. Uh, you know, maybe he plays himself into a, a position where he can go out and get a contract after that. But uh, as far as, you know, what the future holds for him in Chicago, uh, he, he's got to put the work in and he's got to produce. Otherwise he's, he's going to get cut loose by the Cubs as well. Yeah. You know, Carter Hawkins, Hawkins is there, you know, former of, uh, Cleveland executive assistant GM. He's a new GM there first year. So he knows, he knows Fran Mill. I'm sure that played a role in him, them claiming him. Uh, and, uh, you know, so I think he probably has a good read on him. Maybe they can, uh, you know, they, they know how to reach him a little bit and, and, uh, you know, and Fran Mill, you know, this <laughs> is, we're talking about a grown man here. He's got to take responsibility. You know, Scott Boros is his agent. You know, if, uh, you know, I'm sure Scott is in his ear and saying, hey, if you want to keep playing, if you want a, a serious career here, you know, uh, you've got to get, you've got to get in shape and you've got to start, you know, you know, you've just got to, you know, get back on track. And uh, so, you know, I think that I, I still think there's plenty of good baseball left in him as long as he stays healthy. And, and Fran Mill was probably one of the best guys to talk to. He was, he was a, a real joy to, to, to sort of interact with especially after wins, but even when, uh, even when things weren't going right, I mean, he was still approachable and a guy who you would pass in the, in the clubhouse or in the hallway uh, and always have a, a nice word for you. Uh, everybody was his brother, everybody, uh, you know, my, my brother, you know, this or that. And, uh, and he was, he was fun to talk to. He was fun to, to get on zoom calls with and, and have him, uh, you know, uh, you know, talk about his teammates. He was effusive about his teammates. He would talk and and he prays and he always sort of he always tried to give you the sense that he knew something you know he knew what what was coming with uh, with guys like Josh Naylor uh, and and that's what I wanted to ask you about how do you think this affects a guy like Josh Naylor who's you know very close with Fran Mill uh, Josh is having his own great season uh, but but Fran Mill uh, you know was was like a like a brother to him very close to him. Yeah, you know that that's kind of that's an interesting uh, dynamic. I really didn't think about that, you know. But I think ball players, you know, they they know this. This is kind of a hard gig, you know. Sometimes you're here today, gone tomorrow, and it can happen to anybody. As Fran, as it you know, this demonstrates. I mean, you know, Fran Mill seemed to be at the start of this season one of the most secure guys on the ball club, and and if you don't produce, and you know, there's there's you know, there's a bunch of young guys coming right behind you that, you know, the, that the team wants to get a look at, you know, that's a bad combination. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure, you know, everybody said their goodbyes to Fran Mill one way or the other, 
they'll stay in touch and uh you know josh will miss them but hey you got to keep playing man yeah it's uh you know not not a not a pleasant sight to see framil packing up his locker uh the night that they that they sent him down uh you, you mentioned opportunities for young guys now uh They've got Oscar Gonzalez. They've got Nolan Jones. They've got Will Benson. Uh, Tito said that they're able to move the the DH around now. I mean, for for all the good things that Framil could do, one of the things that he couldn't do was play every day in right field, and and that means that the DH position uh, was sort of clogged up and 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 held hostage by Framil when he was on the roster. Now uh, Tito has this sort of freedom to move that spot around, give guys a day off of their feet in the field. He did it with Ahmed Rosario uh, a couple of days ago uh, and said, you know, they wouldn't have been able to do that if Framil was there. Uh, do we expect to see more days off of his feet for Jose Ramirez or, uh, but able to keep their, their bats in the lineup and, and then also to rotate and keep all three guys in terms of Jones, Benson and uh, Gonzalez in the lineup uh, on, on different days. Yeah, that's a great point. And, uh, you know, that that they have a little more flexibility now. What you've got, you know, Gonzalez and uh, and uh, uh, Benson are – well, no, Benson and uh, Jones are lefties, right? Left-handed right. hitters. And mm-hmm. you've got a right-handed hitter, you know, in, in Gonzalez, so you can platoon a little bit there. And, yeah, you can give uh, Rosario or, or, or Ramirez a couple more days off at DH than they're not in the field. I mean – Rosario plays every day. He's he's like unbelievable. He's playing the toughest position on the field, and and he just he never takes a day off. Right. Well, that's you know, and that's also the the Dominican mentality. I think uh, you've seen that from Ramirez. You've seen that from uh, Rosario. Those uh, players in the Dominican Republic don't like to not be in the lineup every day. So uh, that's that's one of the reasons why Rosario is out there as much as he is. Uh, the other the. Uh, in terms of trivial things, uh, uh, you wrote about what happens with uh, the Fran Mil Reyes bobblehead day <laughs> that's uh, projected for the uh, September 3rd. Uh, are there a couple of pallets of uh, bobbleheads uh, in, in shrink wrap just waiting to be sent off somewhere? Uh, these are going to be collector's items if they ever get out, right? That's right. Yeah, I don't know what they're going to do with them. We got to check with uh, Curtis Danberg. He he he's got the inside uh, line on that. So uh, we'll we'll see. But maybe. who knows? Maybe uh, I, I'm not. Do you have a garage sale? Can you have a garage sale at the maybe, end of the year? Maybe you maybe you repaint them with uh, with blue pinstripes and you sell them to Chicago. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know it, it's that. But that's the thing. You know you 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 alluded to it earlier in the season he or before the season started he's one of the guys who you think is a as a cornerstone for the franchise there's you know banners of him outside the ballpark they gave away his jersey last year they gave him away a, a bobblehead this year it was not in the plans this year to move Fran Mil Reyes Fran, Fran Mil Reyes was supposed to be a cornerstone yeah you know and he's you know he's controllable like you said two more years he's not making a whole, that much money what just about five million you know and uh for a power hitter you know a guy that hits 30 home runs a year that's you know that that's a great deal so you know it just it just didn't work out this year joe and and you know i what do you think it was all on the field i i don't know i, I you know i don't know what was going on behind the scenes but you know this is this is really you know this is a, a quick fall and it just you know it's a cautionary tale yeah there are there are other guys in the league who i think you know, might've been able to, 
get through a season where they weren't producing in that way. I mean, he had what a stretch where he struck out uh, 22 out of 29 at bats or something like that on the, on that West coast trip. Uh, It was, it was bad. There are guys that can get through that. If you know, the off the field stuff and the behind the scenes stuff gives the franchise an, an, an indication that, you know, they're still committed to it and, and their heart is still in it. Uh, that to me, I think is what, ha- what happened here with Fran Mill is that, you know, maybe the, the ball club just saw the future and, and looked down the road and said, you know, it doesn't look like he's going to, to give us what we need to win a world series. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, and, and like, like we said, they, you reach, you reach a certain point with some players, you, you know, you project them down the road. What's he going to look like? when he's at 28, 29, 30, if he's not taking care of himself now, you know, so I think all that comes in, into play. And uh, it just, it just goes to show you that, I mean, you know, things can change fast in baseball and you really, you know, for a player that it's, it's, it's hard to stay in the big leagues that, you know, it's easy to get here. I guess, you know, what do they say? Players always say, you know, it's not, it's not getting to the big leagues, that's the key. It's staying in the big leagues. And, uh, you know, we're, we're finding that out with uh, Fran Mel Reyes. All right. The uh, Guardians are in Detroit uh, tonight, Tuesday. Shane Bieber on the mound. Uh, they've had two outstanding consecutive uh, outings from their starting pitchers in Cal Quantrill and Tristan McKenzie. Uh, Shane Bieber taking on Tyler Alexander for the, the Tigers. What do you think the chances are that Bieber continues that streak? Yeah, well, Bieber, you know, had that his last time out against Arizona. He pitched really well. I think he gave up what two or three runs in six, seven innings, um, struck out eight. So I think he's he's starting to find himself, Joe. He's put he's put together a couple impressive starts coming out of the break, and uh, you know, I think he, he'll fall right. He should he should fall right in line there. You know, the, the Tigers, but you know, the Tigers are kind of a scrappy team they're you know it, it they've had a terrible season but they played very well against uh, Cleveland yeah they've uh they've they've they're what seven and five against Cleveland this year in in 12 previous meetings uh Tyler Alexander his last two or his two outings against the the Guardians this year he's won uh, I believe one and oh uh they lost a game uh July 14th that he pitched at Progressive Field but uh, July 4th, he started the second game of the doubleheader and uh, they won that game. Uh, and, you know, he he uh, he only he only lasted, what, uh, three and a third innings, but he picked up the win in that game in relief. So, uh, yeah, I I don't know what it is about this Tigers team that allows them to play uh, Cleveland as 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 tough as they have this year. They'll be without Miguel Cabrera. Uh, so that'll be one thing that, you know, uh, the Guardians don't have to worry about in the middle of the lineup. But, uh, you know, this whole this series here is is one where uh, the Guardians can take advantage while while Minnesota's playing tougher opponents. Yeah, this is a great opportunity for sure, Joe. You know, one game out, the, uh, the <coughs> excuse me, the Twins are on the West Coast playing the Dodgers. Uh, so, you know, this is uh, a great opportunity here to uh you know against Detroit then they go play a tough uh, Toronto team so uh, but you know this is the time to make some hay right now yeah it's uh about the time to to maybe maybe pick up a game or two in that division race all right Hoinsey 
Uh, we'll be back with you tomorrow. Check in after game one of the series. Uh, we'll talk to you later on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. All right, Joe.